0: Tongues here in just a second with prophecy, because he goes on to say, "The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church." Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. So there's a, a, a facet of that. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it. There's a there's a, a prayer language tongue, you know, unto the Lord. But we're not going to talk about that today. But I want to speak this. It says, "And greater is the one who prophesies, the one who speaks in tongues, unless." That's a big unless, right? Unless what? Unless he interprets so that the church may receive edify. And so there's a, a reality. I I just want to continue to bring us into that place that, you know, sometimes it, it, you know when the when the spirit of God moves. Is ever? Did anybody ever ever feel 100% comfortable? <laughs> I I don't. I've been at this at this for a long time. <laughs> I feel like I should be super comfortable by now, but sometimes it makes you uncomfortable. (laughs) But the cool part is is that it's not about our comfort, is it? You know, if if we're gonna be comfortable in our in our spiritual lives, and and I like I'm I'm a pastoral person, I like for people to be encouraged, built up, comfortable in who they are, all those things. But sometimes the Lord speaks in that and I just I agree with that word this morning. He is the great I am. Right? Anybody want to agree with that this morning? I love that that declaration interpretation this morning, and so I wanted to speak to that um, because sometimes we don't always take opportunities to do that um, in that. And so, you know, and and the word is is clear that it's a part of the body of Christ. It's a part of how we interact with one another. Uh, I might not totally understand it all the time, but the cool part is that God does, and He walks in that. And so, and I love that that it came forth this morning with an interpretation of the, of the I am because it kind of goes along with the message this morning and and, I, and I'll get to that in a minute but I, I wanted to encourage you. thanks everybody for online I know that uh it's kind of the <laughs> Tulia sent me a message last night five plus inches I don't know what I don't know what who in the world put that out I was like I, I'm always a little weary of of uh reports of weather around here because they don't always seem to be super incredibly accurate but Anyway, I know that some people are online this morning. Thanks for joining us this morning uh, in that, and thanks for all of you guys that uh, made it out this morning. Um, I I wanted to encourage, I I had a quick testimony about last week. Uh, We were, um, Brandon had gotten uh, some words in relationship to healing, and and we kind of spoke those. He he, uh, really encouraged us in that. And it was funny, the Saturday before that, you know, most of you guys know I've had two ACL surgeries on my knee, and and so, you know, that's it's it's kind of a, always a nuisance in relationship to some things, but you know, most of the time it's okay. But for some reason on Saturday, it, it felt like I got a bone spur right up underneath my uh, kneecap, and man, it was it was it was hurting. And and sometimes at some point if you can't if those don't like move out of the way, sometimes you got to go get them cleaned out and things like that not what i wanted to do but it was kind of interesting that one of the words specific words they had was right knee and i was like "Mm, yep i'll receive that and it was funny i didn't i didn't get immediate relief i didn't you know there was nothing that that day actually but it was kind of interesting on you know it was either monday or tuesday i started realizing like hey wait a second i don't i have no no pain in my knee anymore and so I was just—it was just a, another good testimony to me that. And sometimes you know things don't happen right away. Uh, keep believing. Keep keep uh, declaring. Um, in that, I think George, you also had a testimony. You have a healing testimony. Just yeah, yeah. come on and speak it. Take a few minutes for that. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> I was healed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, last week uh, there was also word for allergies. And uh, we were praying for right shoulder, and then when I heard the word allergy, I said, "Oh gosh! Like who got the word? I want them to pray over me." And Isaac was there, and he was like, "Can I pray for you?" I didn't get it, but can I pray for you? And I'm like, "Sure, Isaac." So he, he laid hand on on my nose and he prayed, and immediately I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like I really can breathe again." I my nose was like all mucusy, mm-hmm. and it suddenly opened up. But what he didn't know also that uh, I actually recently have a visit to a ear, nose, and throat doctor who said like my, my nose needs a surgery because it has like a construction stuff like it's tilted and something swallowing. It- Anyhow, he said a lot of medical terms. What I heard is like a ten thousands of dollars, so I'm like Jesus. <laughs> um, but the healing started last on, on uh, Sunday last week. We went also yesterday to the gay church in, uh, in North Carolina and uh, during the service they, they prayed over us and I was out in the spirit. But what happened that when I got up, I had like both of my nose, both sides were bleeding, like really bad blood, and it happened just when I got up. And I just really felt like God did the surgery. Because I went to the bathroom, I cleaned it, it, it like it, it done bleeding immediately, but I can breathe. Like now I can close my mouth and actually breathe from my nose. So God really still heals. <laughs>
0: I was going to... Anybody else have a specific testimony about last week that um, that you came up and got prayer? Anyone? Anyone? Just wanted to give it...
2: Um, it's not really in regards to healing for me, but it's for a friend that I've been praying for for a long time. And she informed me that she's had, like, a measure of healing in her life. And I was just, like, so um, moved, and just, I was, when everyone was, you know, praying for healing and stuff, I was just thanking the Lord for the good news I had heard that she'd gotten this measure of healing. I was just, like, thanking the Lord, and I was thanking him, and I was thanking him, and he, he just said to me, he was like, he's like, did you really think I would harden my heart? to the cries that you've been praying over and over again, to the pounding that you've been pounding on my door over and over again, to the holes you've been cutting through my (laughs) ceiling. Did you really think I would harden my heart? It was kind of like, and in that moment, I just felt his, like, compassion and that he was with me and that he hears my prayers. And I don't know, it was like sometimes you get into that um, rhythm of just, like, knocking ceaselessly, which is great. We should do that, you know. But it was like I got a glimpse of the heart on the other side of that that knock, you know, that his heart was like for me and for my friend, and I don't know. It was just really moving to me. So,
0: I mm, know. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else healing, Leslie? Give an opportunity. Um. Anyway, uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna see how far we get this morning. Um, just, I had a word last two weeks ago. We, you know, we started this word in relationship to um, identity. Uh, we kind of just have heard, you know, the Lord just kind of given us that that this theme around identity, and and been just praying about like how to walk in that. And, and and the Lord, you you can go back two weeks ago, go to the YouTube and listen. I actually put a little recap there. Uh, on your sheet for you, if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, we just kind of opened this di- dialogue in relationship to identity, and identity is kind of what we've, you know, all all along here. If you've been here years and years and years, you know, we've we've talked about needs, um, and identity is what we've always termed as a as a personal need. You know, you have three uh, realities of needs. You have spiritual needs. You have Physical needs, you know, the, the, the need to breathe, the need to drink, to eat, you know, those things. But you also have these personal needs, you know, like uh, worth, you know, security, identity, intimacy, purpose, um, need to be needed, um, acceptance. You know, those, you know, personal needs that everybody, everybody wrestles with, you know. And I think those are the ones that we wrestle with the most. You know, in in our lives, and we talked about this process of that need is unmet. You know, I got Lou up here, and I told, and you know, I said, if you know, if he had a physical need, and you know, I took his ability to breathe. If I put my hand over his nose and the mouth, and I took away his f- physical ability to breathe. Uh, what would he do? What would be the process in that? And of course, the first thing, you know, if I came up behind you and you didn't see, you didn't know it was me, because. Maybe you would know that I wouldn't really do this. But if I came up behind you and, and you didn't know and I put my hand over your nose and mouth, what's your first inclination? It's fear. You're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? And then, of course, if you can't get my hand off your nose and mouth, the next thing you do is probably try to beat the living stew out of me <laughs> to get me off of you. And then if you couldn't do, you couldn't get me to, to stop, you would, it, you would. So that's the panic stage. The third stage is obviously is death. And so in a physical way, if we don't, with food, with air, if you don't get those things, at some point you will go through that process, fear, panic, death. And sometimes those things can happen super quick. Like if it's air, if you're breathing, you know, that's a quick one, Um, you know. And so, there's this, the same thing happens with personal needs. If I don't get, a, if I have a, a physical, a personal need like identity, and we'll talk about that today. If I, if I am struggling in this area of identity, I'll go through that same fear, panic, death reality. And that, we talked about that, so I'm not going to talk about it. And, but we also talked about identity being created in His image and likeness. That's the foundation. Like if I. If I need to go back to any foundation, I just need need to understand that I have been, you have been created in his image and likeness. Like the God of the universe, the king of all glory, when he decided to put creation, he decided to inject and and breathe into you his his, um, image and his likeness. And so, you got those are just that reality of identity. I need to break off anything else that says anything different. You know, anything different. And then, of course, we talked about Jesus went through the temptation. You know, his temptation, if you go through Matthew 4, he talks about this whole facet of, you know, the enemy comes and says what? What, what was the first declaration that the enemy had for Jesus in that time? If you are the Son of God. Right? The second one was if you are the Son of God. What's, that, what's he trying to... The, the enemy, the, the one that came, the hardest at Jesus right off the bat, what's he come after? He comes after his identity. The third one was he actually came after his purpose. He said, you know, I'll give you the, these kingdoms if you'll bow down and worship me. You know, all three of those were just the quick ways, quick, quick and easy ways to get to what Jesus really already had, but he was going to have to uh, walk it out. Um... And then we talked about the big thing is not exchanging glory. Um, let me see if I have those. Oh, well, I did want to speak that scripture. You know, Not that I speak from want or being in need, for I have learned to be content. And we talked about that a little bit, about being content in whatever circumstance I, I am. And so Paul said, whatever circumstance, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm full, you know, I can be content because my needs are met in him. And, and we talked about that last week. And then, of course, we talked about this whole Psalm 106. You know, they made a calf in Horeb and worshipped a molten image. They exchanged their glory. They exchanged the image of what God had spoken into them. They exchanged it for the, what, image of an ox that eats grass. And we talked about it. It sounds super silly, um, but until we really break it down, that we typically do the same thing. You know, we just, it, it, it's different, it's a different ox that eats grass you know for each of us uh it it just doesn't look like that um so then we talked about Romans as well you know they exchanged the glory for an incorrupt of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and so uh, that that's a recap of the heart really is to get back to this place where I'm being transformed from glory to glory into his what image right all right, so today I wanted to really just talk and see how far we get. Uh, I want to go back into this, um, let's see if I'm going too fast here. I want to go back to this thing last week, if you weren't here, or two weeks ago when you weren't here, I, I did this little illustration, and I'll do it again, because I, I want to I really highlight this other scripture in this thing. I'm going to ask you a question, and then what's, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? If you've already gone through it, you'll maybe know the answers this time of it. Uh, am I a sinner? Right, it's kind of a yes and no question. Or maybe some of you are going like, mm, I don't know. It's kind of a yes and no. <laughs> okay, yeah, am I a sinner? And then the second one is, am I a saint? Right. And you know, I've done that in the past, and you know, I, 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 most of the time I've done it. It's usually about eighty percent of the room. Is, I'll I'll go, how many of you thought I am a sinner? Yes. And probably about 80% of the room would usually, typically, raise their hand. Or, and am, "Am I a saint?" You know, it's not so much. You know, and and, and it's just I want, I wanted to go back to this, what, what I wasn't trying to say in that illustration is that I will never sin again. Like, we we struggle. There's they struggle with sin. There's a struggle to overcome. God gave us the ability to overcome, but there's this reality this, that's not what I was saying. My heart is that what you identify with your to yourself is going to be huge because just remember that scripture whoops I had it up there as a man or woman believes in his heart so he is or so he becomes you know as a man believes in his heart like whatever you are believing you got to understand that that's the direction you're setting your identity towards Right? So think about that in relationship. If I believe I'm a sinner, say, just, a, just a sinner saved by grace, trying to make it to glory, to glo- glory, to the glory land, if that's my identity, if I just believe that I'm a sinner, what do, then will I typically do then? I'll just be in a place of right, thinking sin. Or you'll live your life trying not to sin. But I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not what God called us to do as a people of God, just be in a place where I don't want to sin. I'm pretty sure he wants to get us to a faith. And we talked about saint. Am I a saint? If you couldn't say yes, I want to just encourage you and challenge you. How do you identify yourself? And even Paul, in about six or seven books of, of, that he started, he would say, to the church of God at Rome, to the church of God at Corinth, And then he would make this statement, especially to those church, two churches, called as saints. Right? He would address them as saints. He wouldn't address them as, you know, to the church at Rome, to the church and sinners at Rome. He was calling them to who they were. He was calling them and remember saint just means what? Set apart one. Yeah. It just means set apart one. We you know, we kinda get saint as a this thought of this, you know, person up there un, untouchable, you know, the Saint Matthew's, Saint Mark's, the Saint Peter's, Saint Patrick's. I even, you know, through a So a little green on this morning. It's about my only green shirt, uh, in honor of Tulio. uh, As he as he celebrates St. Patrick's Day, uh, uh, he gets all of us to celebrate it with him. Um, That's this week, if you didn't know. Um, But look at look at this scripture. This is one I want to kind of get to. That's why I kind of want to give that introduction back to the Saint Center, and I, I just wanted to make sure that people understood. I'm not saying that you wouldn't necessarily struggle with sin per se, but And I love this scripture, it says, put on the new self who's being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you, right? So there's this facet, put on the new self, he's calling us to put on the new self, put on who he's called us to be, and it's according to something. What is it according to? What's the new self all according to? To the image of him, right? In a renewal, which there is no distinction, Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian all that, for Christ is all in all. But look at this next statement. So, it's almost like, therefore, because of that, because you have put on the new self, because you've taken on this identity, you can automatically take these in as those who have been what? Chosen of God, holy, and beloved. You know, because of that the image, already he's just declaring, this is who you are, chosen, holy, beloved. There's just that reality. It's, it's, we don't have to, we don't have to like, you know, I, I lived, especially the first probably 10 years of my Christian walk, trying to get, I was trying to perform to get good things out there in, into me so that I could be good. You know, that was, that was a, the struggle of my, my life. And then somewhere in about that 10th year, I started gaining this reality that, wait a second, I think God's already implanted all this stuff in me. It's just realizing who I am already. It's what he's already declared over me already. I'm not chosen because Mitch has done anything. I'm not holy because Mitch has done anything. I'm not um, uh, beloved because Mitch has done anything. This is all about him. And I feel like identity over the years is kind of, even, even in Christian circles, and I, I know it's well intended, it's almost become more I-centered than him-centered. It's actually become, I'm trying to figure out me versus real, just realizing who he is. And, and, I, and I, I, I believe in these, you know, go throughout the word, find out what God's declared over you. You know, that's a whole reality. Um. I wanted to kind of. I'm, I'm going to kind of skip around because I felt like this went in here, but I want us to look at the just the illustration, the example of the woman at the um, the woman with the issue of blood. Look at look at what he declares uh, over her. Sorry, I'm going to flip through a bunch of scriptures. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for twelve years and could not be healed by anyone. Right. So we're talking about healing this morning. Right. She 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 was in that situation where y'all know most of y'all know the story. You know, for 12 years, 12 years, she had been struggling with this. Um, And if you know of anything in the day, and you've probably been taught this, but I just want to reiterate it, when, when in the law, when someone was hemorrhaging, what did that make them? Unclean. So you have to realize, for twelve straight years, she believed and or she took probably took on some identification of what unclean. Like she had to wrestle with that. She was going uh, in in another uh, gospel. It actually tells her that she had spent all that she had trying to get well. That's how desperate she was to find some breakthrough in her identity. And this is, it's funny, you know, a lot of times people are like, Mitch, why are you bringing this um, scripture into the topic of identity? Uh, because it has, really, it has, I think it has more about identity than it has to do with healing, even though I love the, the fact that she is healed. But think about this, a woman who had a head wrench for 12 years could not be healed by anyone. She spent everything she had. Uh, came up um, behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak and immediately her hemorrhage stopped and Jesus said who is the one who touched me um of course you know Peter and his nice you know personality that he was what does he say uh Jesus uh you (laughs) you have a crowd around you everyone is touching you right there's not probably, you've been touched by a little bit of everybody here, okay? So Jesus, obviously, while well, they, den- they were all denying it, of course. Because you, you have to realize, I mean, he was serious. I mean, he had to have been serious because they were, like, denying something. They're like, whoa, I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything, right? They were all denying it. Peter said, of course, the people are crowding and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I was aware power had gone out of me. That's a whole nother rabbit I mean, I would love to chase that at some point in relationship to healing, but I I love that declaration, but that's not the topic I'm on this morning. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling, fell down before him, and declared in the presence of all the people the reasons why she had touched him and how she had immediately been healed. And he said to her something that was so... This is my favorite passage. one of my top five favorite, favorite passages of Scripture. Because he said something so orthodox, probably for that day and time. Because all of a sudden he he looks at her, you know, I can imagine him just stooping down into in getting her face to face with her, and said, "What, daughter?" Like think about that in relationship to twelve years of being alienated being rejected, being ostracized, not being able to really be out in public. being She was a, basically a leper of the day. And all of a sudden, not only being healed, because she really did something she wasn't supposed to. You're not supposed to touch anybody, but to touch a rabbi was even worse. But all of a sudden, when her faith, and of course, he says, daughter, your what? Faith has made you well you know, go in peace, and so there's just this reality that, yes, receive what the Lord has declared over you, like really receive, chosen, holy, beloved, am I receiving that into my spirit, because that begins to change the identity from the inside out, you know, because I think a a lot of times we're trying to identify with things out there that make us feel good, that make us feel good in relationship to how I see myself, when the lord how i need to get to see myself is how the lord sees me what the lord has declared into me and of course that that is you know over what he what he's declared over you um one of the other ones um we won't i won't go into it cuz i don't think i have time but it's interesting you should go read through the the picture of the demoniac. that's another one that you know you might think well, where is identity in that but you remember when jesus You know, when Jesus came to the demoniac, he looked at him, like the man, and he said, what is your name? He's talking to the man. If you go back into the Greek and look at that, he's actually talking like, he's asking, like, Richard, what is your name? And of course, this guy had been so oppressed, so demonically, like, messed up in relationship, he couldn't even speak his own name, he actually... the the spirit actually spoke for him and declared who? I'm legion, right? I am many. So basically he took it, he overshadowed In basically the enemy is after your identity. He just wants to overtake and get you to believe all that he says that you are. All that he's declared over what he said you are. And of course I love that, the picture, of course Jesus, y'all know the story. He he, uh, delivers the demoniac and There's just such a beautiful picture because it says he was he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed and in his right mind. And that's the picture truly of of being able to come back to a place of identifying with him. You want to get at his feet. You want to be fully clothed in him and in your right mind, like my mind set on the things above on, on his heart. So again. Don't have time to go into all that but that's another uh facet of that all right let me go back to catch this other passage real quick i want to flip go through philippians Ooh. sorry i'm going backwards here um this other passage of philippians you know it's this is a, a, a big reality in relationship because i feel like in, in this day and time we're talking about identity we sometimes we've gotten stuck and, you know, I've, I've heard a lot out there and then, um, you know, I got I, I need to find myself. Right. The, you know, there's kind of this thought out there and I, and I understand what they're doing. And I want to speak to this. It's really good to be healthy in you like the things like seek out counsel, seek out wisdom, seek out understanding in your life. You know, um, there's but there's this facet. You know, I've heard these phrases you know, I I just need to find myself. And I think that is actually, you need to ask the Lord a, a be, maybe a better question than that. Um, because I, I want to just show us real quick this, this facet of Philippians and this reality of identity, uh, what I put in there, being found in him. Uh, Philippians 3.3, 3, for we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. And what? Put no confidence. Where? In the flesh. Alright. I, I want to stop just to remember, he's talking about true circumcision. If you don't put that in the context of biblical reality, you'll you'll miss a lot in that. Like he is talking to Jews and Gentiles, and the only really requirement in relationship to being a Jew is be is to be what? Physically circumcised. Like that is the that's the 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 testimony that you are a Jew. And all of a sudden he comes and says, This is the true circumcision. So it's almost like he's renegotiating some things there, isn't he? He's like, this is true circumcision. And he's going to declare it into us. Worship in the Spirit of God, glory in Christ Jesus, and then do what? Put no confidence in our flesh. And then uh, Paul's going to do something. He's going to go through these five, six things that are flesh. And they're all about identity. Identity identification in the world look look what he says although i myself I myself might have confidence even in the flesh if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh I far more so you, you're not going to get an upper hand on him right he's got you don't don't try to figure out how you're going to get above it right so uh, he says you know i put sorry uh circumcised the eighth day that was a that was a situation where he was a true Jew, right? They were circumcised on the eighth day. It was a, it was a customary. It was it was that that day, uh, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel. The I, I am of the people of God, right? That that nationality, you know, uh, you know. I always think about you know. Like, I I really like being an American. I appreciate that. I like the freedom. I like the what what it, it has. Typically stood for over the years, but the reality is, I don't. That's not my identity. My identity isn't in being an American, right? Uh, I hope it's something above that, better than that. We'll talk about that in a second. Of the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin was seen as kind of the 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 awesome, you know, one of the kind of better tribes to be from. I mean, it was kind of one of those. He was the last. It was the last son. He was, you know, he was kind of the, that. Chosen one, and so he just keeps going through all these things. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law of Pharisee. Um, I was reading somewhere, um, and I don't know if it's true. It's maybe somebody uh, that is better uh, attested. But I was reading, actually read, wrote it down. But I'm totally off my notes. So, but it said that at any given point there could only be six thousand of them. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe Shane can give me. But the reality is that there was this call like on a Pharisee. And, and remember a Pharisee, they were, they were just given over to the law. They were just, they gave up everything in their lives just to make sure that the law was fully established. And he, he was saying as to law, that, that was me. I was, I was above that. I, was a, I had zeal I have, uh, as, as to the righteousness found blameless. So he gives all these credentials in his life. And I feel like, and sometimes that, that's what we get into this um, wrestling match in our lives trying to find identity in things that we do, identity in things that people believe or think about us, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and I feel like the Lord's saying, he comes back to that p- place right, right before this, Paul says what? I can put no confidence in what? All these things. Like, I can't put confidence in the flesh, the things that Or about me. And then we're going to go on to this next one. But this is his response in that. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted what? Loss. Loss. For the sake of Christ. All those great, and I don't think uh, Paul was saying that all those things are bad. Like it's not bad to be, walk in excellence at whatever you do. Just don't take your identity from it. Don't don't let it be, that's, that's all I get my identity from. Oops. Uh, whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them by, but rubbish for these two things. Right? I count all this stuff trash. Like he was saying, I, I would consider it all trash. Like all those are amazing things, but I would consider them trash in these two things. They're surpassing value of what? Knowing Christ Jesus. Oh, sorry, I count them rubbish that I may what? Gain Christ and may be found in him. And I felt like that statement just jumped off the page when I was reading it the other day. And be found in him. Like, I just go back to that place. Like, I really don't need to find myself. Because if I find myself, I'm, I'm, everything that I've tried to figure out on my own, I have gotten lost in it. Or when I get to the end of it, if I'm trying to find myself or find my way, you know, my identity and things of, of this world, I, I end up super disillusioned and super disheartened whenever I get to thinking where I was going to be. Like, I finally get there. I finally get somewhere. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, this isn't where I, this isn't all that it was, you know, made up to be, you know. So I just felt like the Lord was just saying, get back to this place. God, I just want to be found in you. Man, what if that was was the heartbeat of our lives? God, I just want to be found in you. God, I don't, I don't, it really isn't about me anyway, it's about you. They found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God. Um, and he goes on, that I may know you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings being conformed to death. And he goes on in that, I, I do want to speak this one, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect. All right. So he's not looking for perfection in this, although he'll say here in just a second that we are perfect. Uh, the reality is he's not looking for perfection in this. He's looking for f- that faith. And it says, I've ar- not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which was also laid hold of me. By Christ Jesus, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the upward prize of the call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, as many are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude. God will reveal that to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard. It's kind of interesting. He says there, <laughs> you aren't perfect, but you are perfect. Isn't that interesting? Because it seems like it's, it's a little bit of maybe, uh, like, did he mean to say that? And I feel like sometimes we, in this, especially in this area of identity, I have to hold, actually I have to hold two things at one time sometimes. I have to hold this facet that I'm, obviously, I don't think a lot of us <laughs> hold, sometimes we don't hold a very high level uh, of value over ourselves. So some, sometimes, you know, yes, I am not perfect. It's easy to confess that one. But the second one, he says, but as many of us that are perfect, So that's kind of a, he's saying, is he saying two different things? I think it's just two things I have to hold at the same time. I have to realize I'm not perfect. I'm still walking this this life out. I'm still walking in this place of gl- going from glory to glory. So I might not walk in perfection in relationship to actions, and and you know I might fall or this, that, and the other. But this other facet that I have to hold on to is that, are you perfect? Well, in Christ, I am. So I'm holding on to actually two different things at the same time. I, I'm walking in a physical reality that, yeah, I, I, I can struggle. I'm not perf- perfect in everything that I do. But in Christ, I can hold on to this facet that there is perfection. That God, I am perfect in him. And there's just that reality. So sometimes you have to hold on to both of those um, at the same time. All right, I'm totally off my, uh, my notes, but I want to get back to, I don't even know where my one page of notes, there it is. All right, so we talked about that. And so I want to, these last two scriptures, you know, and that's no longer I. Look at, look at, look at these two scriptures, because, I, again, I, it goes back to that tongue interpretation this morning. I really believe it's, it really is about the I am. Like, our identity needs to be consumed in the I am. Think about that, that declaration, I am. I am who I am. That's what, that's what he's told Moses to go back and tell the people uh, in Egypt. I am who I am. That's all we need, right? If he is the I am, he is everything that we need. Everything that we desire, everything that we want, he's it. In Colossians 2, um, wait a minute, that should be Galatians, sorry about that. Galatians 2.20, did I write that as Colossians? Yes, I did, sorry. You can change that on your sheet. I don't know how I did that, but um, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It is no longer what? Come on, y'all got this. It is no longer what? I. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives What? in you. You've heard this from, (laughs) if you've been in church all your life, you've heard this scripture all your life. But am, am, am I living that? You know, that's the challenge for me. I'm like, man, Mitch, you've heard this all your life. Am I living it? It's no longer Mitch who lives. It's not really any, it's not about my identity, really, is it? It's about him who lives in me taking on his identity, taking on his nature his character all those things the life which now i live in the flesh i live by faith right it's not some of the, some even some of this place of identity it's just a measure of faith believing in who god's declared into you chosen holy beloved right there, there we go colossians 3:3 for if you have died for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life is revealed then you will also be revealed with him in glory for you have what alright I got a couple in there dead (laughs) maybe I don't want to be dead right come on (laughs) what did I say for you have what Died. died dead right that means dead died means dead Right? Are we dead? Are we are we li- are we living to our own? Are we? Am I really dead to Mitch? Am I dead to Mitch? And I feel like, like I said, I I think, I think identity and relationship to the, to the church, you know, it's a it's again, it's a good thing. I think there's, you know, all those positive declarations of who I am. But really, when it comes down to it, I just want to be dead to Mitch. I want to be alive to him. I want to be alive to what he says in me. I want to be alive to that. Kind of the, the Galatians 2.20, that is not Colossians. It says, I now live in the flesh, and I live by the faith. In the Greek lexicon, the word in is of. Of. was asking the question, you know, the of is there uh, in relationship to do I live by the faith of the Son of God? Right. Right. I, I mean, personally, when I read that, I say, which I now live in the flesh, you know, the, the fact that I have to walk this life out, the, the life that I have to live now, continuing in this flesh, I actually live by another re- reality i live by faith and it can be of the son of god is that what you're asking is it of the son of god this, this faith is his his faith in us this is yeah yeah, it's, it's con- yeah and i think that confidence is just that reality that he has faith in us and the reality is uh we can have faith in him i think it's a, it's a, it's a dual dual ended into that uh Yep. So I think, you know, b- between those two scriptures, you think about this reality. Um, hey, Tulio, can you go ahead and start passing out communion? Because I want to actually do that. Um, there's just this reality that I am dead and he is all, needs to be alive in me. I am dead. He needs to be alive in me. I want you to think about two examples while they pass out communion. I wanted to do this because the reality is what better way to, s- to declare of our identity in the death, burial, and resurrection of him, right? So they're going to pass those out. But, and I always say this, if you don't want to take communion, please, nobody's looking around to see who takes communion, who doesn't. Never feel pressured to take communion. Uh, but we would love for you to participate if you would. Think about these two thoughts as they're passing this out. Two things. Moses and Gideon. Anybody remember those two calls in their life? Uh, Can we just look at those real quick? If y'all can can play something, that would be great. Look at this in Judges real quick. We'll just look at these two scriptures and we're going to close with communion. Think about this. The Lord... Follow me, follow me real quick. The Lord looked at Gideon and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Right? Y'all know this scripture? And he said, of course, to him, Sure, I'll surely go because I'm made for this, right? That's kind of what Gideon said. Nah. He said, Oh, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? You got the wrong person. Like, there, <laughs> you, you... You went the wrong direction on that. Behold, my family is least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. All sorts of excuses, right, of why he should not be called to be the deliverer of Israel that God just spoke into his spirit in his life. You got to remember, he's in, the, he's in the wine press beating wheat, right, because of all the oppression of the Midianites. So I can understand where he's at, but look at what he, did, did Jesus, look at Jesus? The God's response. Look at God's response. Did he say, hey, Gideon, you are an amazing man. You have it in you to do it, right? Sometimes we need to hear that, but it, that's not what he got, right? It's almost like he got ignored. <laughs> I'm the least, I'm this, I'm that, and, he, and God said What? But the Lord said to him, what? Surely I will be with you wherever you go. Right? Moses got the same treatment. Therefore, come now, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, what? You got the wrong guy again. (laughs) Right? Who am I? What happened? what happened there he turned his the identity straight around and looked this way didn't he and i feel like that's the correction that the lord wants to do with identity in the body of christ because we tend to do that and then i want somebody to who am i and then i need somebody to come in and speak into me all the good things that i am so that i'll feel better which is good we need to do that. when you get prophetic words, those are for edification, consolation. You should be speaking prophetically to people. We should be encouraging people. So I'm not, don't stop doing that. I'm just saying there's something in us that craves something that he's already giving. And he's already given. Like, he, <laughs> Moses said to God, who am I that I should be going to Pharaoh? I don't have it within me. It's not two pe- two men, <laughs> one of the big, two of the Big dogs of the Bible who delivered nations were in the same spot. Who am what? I. Who am I? And of course he does the same exact thing. Who am I that I should send you? And he said, <laughs> and God said what? Certainly I will oh, be with you. That's he didn't he didn't say. You, you got it within you to do it. He just said, what? You got me in you to do it. That's where our identity needs to, like the depths and wells of identity need to flow out of being found in him, right? Being found like, because a lot of us would say that same thing. What if I called, I mean, just receive that. What if I came to you today and said, go deliver Egypt from my, for for my people. Woo, right? It's like go take out Russia, right? For or go take out some you know some crazy thing like that. I mean like deliver deliver my people. Right? Some this is a huge this is the biggest country of all. Like Exodus, Pharaoh, all those things at the time. And he said you you have it. And of course there's a reality that that, that's got to start changing. The Lord just wants us to get in a position where we're saying, all right, Lord, are you going to be, you're with me? I'm going. Right? And, of course, Moses remembered that when he said, when Moses went into the promised land, the cool part was is that Jesus, God spoke to him and said, I'll actually give you the promised land. You can actually take it. I'll, 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 I'll help you take it, but I'm not going to go with you. And what was Moses' response? Uh-uh uh uh-uh, I've already learned my lesson. He's like, if you don't go with me, don't, I, I, we don't want to go to the promised land. I don't want the promised land without the promise, make, the, promise the one that declares promise into us. And so I, I just want to encourage us in this season. And as you're walking with people, give them Jesus. Like, give them, like, give them what de- God has declared over them, but empower them to really f- be found in him. Right. Be found in Him, and we're going to celebrate this that declaration with communion this morning. I was thinking, and I didn't look it up. Um, give me a second. You got some? Oh, <laughs> since I dropped mine on the floor. All right, everybody saw that, didn't they? <laughs> Everybody's like, is Mitch really going to eat that off the floor? <laughs> I would have. Sorry, that's just me. I'm. I'm not. A, I, I don't care about germs. Um, all right, here we go. Um, I can't do two things at once. It's hard to talk and and type. What was I thinking? Um, now I've lost my track of mind. Uh, I got it. Um, mm, Romans eight. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he did, he, now this is what I was just heard as I was thinking about communion this morning. He who did not spare his own son, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for each of you, how will he not also with Christ freely give us all things it's just that's his nature that's his heart this morning freely give all Right. so lord we just thank you guys we take communion today we take thank you that god you who did not spare your own son you didn't hold back lord your son you didn't hold back the cross lord you he freely died for each of us and so lord we just thank you we celebrate today even in this response lord it's a response of the heart because we we have to be found in you that's an ind- that's each individual lord I, I think the corporate body can help us each of us in that but god that's a there's a personal call this morning for each of us to be found in you and lord i we can trust you so much Lord, just like Moses, just like Gideon, Lord, there was an entrustment factor. They're like, "You're all you gave them was you. All you gave them was certainly I will be with you. And Lord, we just thank you that this morning, certainly you are with us. You have been with us. You have been faithful. You've been so good. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this bread this morning that we can break, Lord, and as we break bread. Lord, we thank you for the body that was uh, crucified on the cross, beaten beyond recognition. Lord, uh, for our healing, for our health, for our salvation, for our wholeness. And Lord, we just take this in remembrance of you this morning. In Jesus' name. And God, thank you for the blood this morning for that washes us thank you for just the, the blood that brings freedom to our, our very soul that washes our soul and Lord we just thank you that God this is your blood we do this in remembrance of you and we thank you for how you shed it on the cross and Lord, we bless you we honor you for the healing and the wholeness Lord, they came through the cross, and we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name, let's take the... You can pass those to the middle. Tulio's got some baskets. You throw them in. So just in as we close this morning, I just want to offer that again. Um, maybe Brandon can be up and a couple of the other. If you if you feel like you have just kind of a heart to pray for some healing this morning, I want you to come grab Brandon over here on the left side, your right. Just feel like, again, I'm just believing for more testimonies about God's healing. When I mean, you think about that. I mean, even... The declaration of Isaiah 53: By His stripes we are what? Healed. I mean, all the provision, all that provision is there. We just want to agree with you this morning. Uh, If you need healing this morning, uh, if you just need to pray with somebody and say, God, that's me this morning. I just need to be found in Him. I've been trying to find myself in all all the wrong places. You know, that was one of my favorite. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Jesus' Revolution, but one of my favorite parts about Jesus' Revolution was they kept going back between the hippies and the, and the church, and you just saw this reality that the hippies were looking for the same thing. They were looking for God. They were just looking for him in all the what? Wrong places. That's why they were so open. That's why I feel like the Lord was so available. They, they, they were so available because they wanted something bigger than themselves they were just looking for it somewhere else except jesus but when they opened themselves to jesus it created a whole revolution right so let it happen in us right you know let us be in a place where we stop looking for our identity and getting needs fulfilled in other places and begin to open us back to lord let me be found in him so let's stand if i have a few people up that can just pray with some people that would be amazing Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the uh, worship. We thank you for the tongue interpretation and declaration of "You are the I am." Lord, it, it go, went along with the word because that's really what it came down to. God, our identity is in the I am. God, it's who you are. You are everything. You're all that we need, Lord. I, Lord, even the Moseses and the Gideons, they're they're, they're in the room. <laughs> they're in this room. They're the the Esters. They're called to the. the such a time as this, Lord, they're in the room, and Lord, I just want to declare, Lord, that you would break off the, the who am I dec- declarations of our, of our lives, the, the lies, Lord, I even believed a lie that, Lord, that, that I couldn't communicate, and all of a sudden you declared the freedom over that, and now look what I'm doing, Lord, there's a reality that, God, you want to break off things that we identify with over ourselves, you know, reject it. Lord, I just heard that in the Spirit. Somebody in this place has spoken over their life, all their lives, that I'm a rejected person. And you've walked in rejection, and the Lord wants to break that off of you tonight, today. Today. And so, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that that would be, that identification of being rejected would be broken off their lives today. And, Lord, I just thank you right now, and again, that any areas of our lives that we're identifying anything other than what you've said chosen holy beloved that you would break that off today and so lord we bless you we honor you and we lift you high in jesus name amen so i'm just going to release you have a good week come get prayer this morning if any of those things hit you this morning we want to pray with you if you need healing come get some prayer for healing otherwise give somebody a hug handshake high five on your way out love on somebody Have a good week.